What's good, everyone? You're listening to WKNC 88.1 FM HD2 Raleigh. We are a student-run nonprofit radio station based outside of, uh, based in North Carolina State University. I'm Plover, and this is Off the Record. Here with me today is Ryan O'Dowd of the CFR Council. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, this would be a great way to kick things off. Um, maybe just tell us about yourself, uh, where you're from, uh, just who am I talking to right now? Hey, I'm Ryan O'Dowd. I've lived in North Carolina most of my life. I've spent time in Rocky Mount. I've lived in Raleigh, Durham. I live in Greenville. And basically, I'm part of the CFR Council, which is a uh, cooperative of artists and musicians who work together to put on shows to premiere and show uh, DIY musicians, especially outsider musicians, um, in North Carolina. Awesome. That's really cool. Uh, what does DLI stand for, by the way? That's do-it-yourself. So it's... Uh, it's less of a genre than it is um, an approach to the production of the music, especially since the era of um, grand recording and what major labels is over. Artists increasingly have turned to one another to be able to organize to put on their own shows. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, so this is kind of a, re- a record label and also like a collective. Is that how that works? Yeah, we are. We are a record label. We've, we're releasing our 33rd album, Bittering Leviathan, actually at the fest, uh, but uh, we're bigger than the record label. The record label started out as a way to organize people, but now it's kind of turned into a music festival and a monthly magazine and uh, and so on. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I was checking out a lot of your other content. There's there's so much more than just the label, of course. But um, yeah, uh, is uh, sort of, sort of a DIY aesthetic, and that is, is that something you also like personally like to listen to as well? Is that something? Is 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 that just a job, or is that like a, a sort of uh, in it? Uh, an ethos um, for you, if you will. Well, for me, it's an it's an ethos, and, and it and it is, it is a job too. Mm-hmm. But I, it derives from when I was. Um, I'm kind of an old man, sadly. I'm 36, but <laughs> when I was in high school, um, I used to go to. I used to live in Asheville, and I used to go to basement shows all the time. In the era almost before the internet, and and that inspired me. Um, I I really decided I wanted to be a DIY artist when I was in high school, and I wanted to you know do this very typical thing where you ride around in a van and book all your own shows. Only back then it was sending your cassettes out, and nowadays it's uh, it's trading links on the internet, which is thank goodness much easier. Uh, sorry, I, I I think it cut out for a second. I didn't catch that last part. I said. Uh, only back in the day it was trading cassettes, and nowadays it's trading links on the internet, which <laughs> thank goodness is much easier. Yeah, no, for sure. That I, I, I know you guys still do physical media, so I'm glad that hasn't gone away. But no, that that is definitely a more convenient uh, sort of way of trading music. Um, uh, does that help with like kind of breaking down regional barriers at all? Like usually, you know, we'd have to ship something as far as as X state, but now it's it's a bit easier. Yeah. Totally, because of course there's still great independent record stores out there, and there's great independent uh, media like you, you yourself are doing right now. But at the same time, uh, you know, costs have to be kept down if you're if you're um, an independent artist and you're working with other independent artists. And so, of course, being able to just trade uh, data for free is is uh, while while it killed the record industry, it's great for independent artists. <laughs> so I'm kind of happy it happened. Yeah, we we do love to see that. Um, so there is one specific thing that uh, you wanted to talk about, which was uh, your uh, sort of festival performance thing coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, did, uh, could you let the people know uh, what, what that's all about? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, it's called American Babylon 6, and as you might guess, it's the sixth one of these that we've put on. It's our month, our yearly showcase where we 
kind of collect all the various friends that we've made throughout the year and, and try to get them all in one place at one time. We feed the bands for free. We pay the bands. We do charge, of course, um, ticket prices for the audience, but it's, it all goes to overhead and to directly paying the bands for their uh, – to encourage them to go on tour and encourage them to network with one another, and which is another great opportunity that it is. is it, it, um, it allows artists to meet with other artists. So if you are an artist, we encourage you to come out because you're going to meet a bunch of other artists, and then maybe you can also cut out the middleman. Uh, sure. But it's called American Babylon 6, and it's from the 2nd to the 5th of Labor Day this year. We have 33 different performers who are going to be playing. We have vendors. There will be performance artists. There will be painters. And it's just a really great time. And uh, it's 18-plus, but we encourage everyone to come that possibly can because uh, it's direct support. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really like the kind of networking capacity, too. It's not just, oh, sit there, face forward, look at music. There's kind of more of a, an actual sort of community feel going on, which I really like that kind of approach. Um, are there any specific, uh, what are a few artists that are going to be there? Just a, a general overview. Sure. There's a, a a Durham act, Durham and Hickory, named Rumble Tramp, which is an excellent like um, old-time folk band mixed with like a punk band at the same mm-hmm. time. We're going to have... Uh, Canned, which is a wonderful performance art act that's kind of a noise act mixed with comedy. It involves a lot of fishing, and he hits likes to bang on a Pringles can. Uh, and then we have Happy Slap, who is the genius known as Archduke Happy, and he uh, basically, wow, um, he energetically dresses in all yellow and uses multiple flashing lights and you know, like loud, aggressive. Uh, um, noise rock music, but it's also got this kind of surreal and even data aspect to it. And then there's my act, Bitter Ink, which is a, I call it astro-industrial. It's kind of a in, in, industrial by way of space jazz, like Sun Ra Orchestra and Nine Inch Nails, if I'm being really, really presumptuous about myself, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's going to be many more other great acts as well. For sure, yeah, and, and that's really cool that you're also pulling up. Um, we love to see that. Yeah, I was checking out some of the uh, artists. Um, there, there are a lot of really funny names. Uh, I, I, I personally would love to see Breakdancing Ronald Reagan myself. Um, just just oh, to yeah, experience that. And also, his name happens to be Johnny Cash, which is funny, too. Uh, he, he's from Los Angeles. He'll be out. He's our VIP noise Hollywood artist. And he, uh, he puts on really wild, um, mostly hysterical uh, performances involving... It's very hard to describe, but it's it's definitely humorous and it's definitely loud. Gotcha. Um, so you mentioned that uh, he was from Los Angeles. So I, I understand this will be mostly North Carolina artists, but so there's going to be a few others kind of coming around from the area who sort of share a similar vibe to to the artist playing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh, about half the artists are from North Carolina, and about mm-hmm. half the artists are from outside of North Carolina. And the ones that are from North Carolina. Uh, there are kind of old tried and true friends. They've reappeared, you know, year after year. Yeah. Uh, we've added a few extra this year from North Carolina. Pusa Puppet is a wonderful puppeteer from uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, Benjamin Martin. And he puts on this uh, very strange and extravagant, like, uh, EDM meets Sesame Street <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm I, uh, I'm already sold, personally. That's, that sounds amazing. Um <laughs> So you mentioned that this is going to be a very sort of visual thing as well as just um, an auditory thing. You mentioned there'll be some kind of painters. Is there going to be just like art going on while the music's going on? Or is it going to be like art, then music? 
Oh, I believe that there will be like uh, in terms of visual art, there will be there's a, there's a there's one film which is a chicken licking uh, by Will Migett, and uh, there will also be um, performance artists. Hal Martinez is a mostly like a more of a theatrical or performance artist. There will also be visuals, kind of sort of tied into certain people's performances, mm-hmm. and then we should we should also have just like paintings and drawings about you know displayed in various uh-huh. areas and maybe maybe even you could pick one up if you're feeling generous <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that makes perfect sense so um so so artists are going to kind of really go all out here um kind of really sell themselves visually as well like uh, there's gonna be a lot of like lighting effects kind of just adding things that add to the music as well as just being standalone visual art i'm assuming yes especially the more it gets towards the end of the night so mm-hmm. it's more compatible with light shows and stuff yes. like that that's exciting, and uh, it, this isn't just a festival course. This is a festival kind of in uh, uh, near lake, kind of. Uh, uh, is it almost in the woods? Uh, it is. It's right on the edge. It's in. It's uh It's in Panther Lake, which is eight one nine six Panther Lake Road outside Willow Spring, which is just in the bottom of Wake County. And um, my friend Sam owns the place, and it's normally just like a fishing venue, but we kind of he lets us take it over once a year, <laughs> and we do this with it. And there's boats, there's canoes, there's there's you can put up you can put up tents, you can uh, uh, you could go in the forest. There's trails behind, you know, and all that kind of fun stuff as well, kind of outdoorsy time. Uh, so it kind of gives you a lot of different environments that you can put yourself into if you want to. Like you'd be near the stage, but you could also be you know rather far away from the stage, hanging out in the woods if that's what you want to do. Yeah, that's really cool. And and does it kind of like just to stay? I'm assuming the stages are kind of like in the middle there. Does that kind of like add to the ambiance of of often like maybe maybe some electronic act and then like the woods around that? That's a really cool contrast. Oh, of course. And and you, you know we could you know we push the music like uh, there's only one road that it's right by, so it's 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 fairly rural. There's a gas station down the street. It's not like the middle of nowhere, but it's it's pretty well out there. And yeah, you can go hang out on the dock if you want to and listen to music, or you can go all the way climb up there's a there's a little rock face that you can do rock climbing on if you want to there's there's a little creek there's uh you know and of course like i said there's the woods as well so it really i think it i think it definitely adds mm-hmm. yeah that's that's super sick um so i i understand that um creating festivals is, is not the easiest thing of all time were there any any specific kind of maybe logistical challenges with like getting it into like a woods for four days and like a massive vibe was that was there any like uh very unique challenges to sort of the area or was this like pretty decent yeah yeah actually that was part of the uh oh man the uh, ambab one the old dream was always to put it in the woods but uh Ambab one ended up having we had to scale it down a little bit because it turns out finding someone with property that's willing to let you use it for a kind of um, you know uh, counterculture festival is not always the easiest thing to do. <laughs> so it took us until uh, number four before we had someone who would really be on board with us. Sam's an amazing human being for doing it, mm-hmm. and now he's so attached to us, you know, and we're so thankful for him that this is our home now. Nice, nice. yeah, yeah. I'm glad you locked that down. Um... Let's see. You mentioned that there was a film called Chicken Lickin'. I is this a is this a, a, a premiere? Because I was looking it up, and there's not a whole lot of um, material out there for Chicken Lickin'. If, if we could just kind of shed the light on that, if that's okay. Yeah. Well, I I don't want to give away too much, but I will say that it's an experimental film, uh, and it has comedy, but it's 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 deeply surreal. Maybe like a darker version of what you might see on Adult Swim if you if you pulled it out and made yeah. it an hour long. And uh, it's by Will Migett. He's the director and the writer, and he does much of the acting, although he, he has a little cast of friends that he um, makes use of as well. 
uh, he, he did a film at our second American Babylon. It was American Babylon 2 End Times, and he did a, a film called, um, um, well, Burrowing Worms. And it was went over extremely well, but it was very strange and hard. It's not I can't really say it's cerebral, but it's there's a lot coming at you at once. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm really glad he, he uh, he's back and that that we can keep this tradition going. That sounds like an, an amazing way to cap off a night because that that is the the last show. Is that correct on that night? Oh yeah, Sunday night, um, big night, and it, and it ends with the uh, the film. I'm right there by the lake, and it'll and of course the sound will be coming through the PA system, so it'll be a nice loud sound to go with the film, and it's it's going to be fun. Let's go. So, um, Panther Lake is. Uh, I've heard I've heard the uh, twenty minutes outside of downtown thrown around. Is that like you mentioned one yeah. road? Is this the uh, uh, how are people going to be kind of accessing this? Oh, they'll drive there. Um, yeah, it's it's Panther it's Panther Lake Road, so they'll mm-hmm. they'll have to drive out there. There'll be a, few, a little bit of um, excuse me, there'll be a little bit of uh, carpooling and such as well. Mm-hmm. Some organizing. I believe you can reach it by Uber if you need to, but uh, it's not it's not too too far out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's really good. Um, again. Everything I've heard sound, so far sounds amazing, and this this seems like a really cool uh, way to spend your Labor Day weekend. Um, so this is all run by CFR. Um, maybe we could maybe talk a bit about who CFR is. They, as you mentioned, they uh, work with artists to try to promote them, but also do kind of a, a, a at least a monthly zine uh, issues. Is that correct? Yeah, we. Uh, I'm the design editor for Issues Magazine, and it's a sort of a. a you know, a 90s style alternative uh, scene, mm-hmm. except that it, it does have, it's primarily on the web now, but we do have subscribers that we do print out and send send copies out to if they want to. But of course, most people just want to check out the image and that's perfectly fine as well. But the the, the real concept of the zine is to mix um, little showcases called impressions of, of recent uh, albums that have been put out by people that are DIY musicians, but mix that with kind of surreal um uh, articles and article adjacent sorts of things, which are just meant to put you in a different headspace than you're normally in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was checking those out, and that and that for sure did that. I was I was scrolling through, like trying to process everything. Um, and there were also a lot of interviews. Uh, the, those were kind of a, a, a pretty key part of the the zine as well. Yeah, I try to I try to interview one or two artists uh, a month. We have a featured artist every month, featured artist interview. Um, I have also interviewed sort of various fringe figures i've I've interviewed lord rael i've interviewed um i'm sorry i've interviewed um a vermin supreme you know people that are kind of on the periphery of 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 the mainstream but they're not quite the mainstream (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i i I can definitely see the kind of vibe you're going for there um uh what's the difference between like you would say like uh uh for me, for me, most interviews I consume are kind of um, through an audio recording or something. How does it kind of differentiate to, to see that like written down, like like how you have or sort of presented between surreal uh, articles and, and such? Well, it's 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 you know it's, it, it came naturally out of what I liked and what mm-hmm. I've consumed throughout my life, and I just happened to hook up with people that are also into you know somewhat similar things, and and, and sometimes we've used the opportunity to be able to. Um, kind of encourage one another to keep working. And sometimes we use the opportunity to influence one another in ways that we didn't know. Like there's the whole, you know, there's tons of bands and artists I don't know. And so having other people to work with on the scene every month 
gives me access to things I wouldn't have even thought of to look at myself. And hopefully I give them access to that as well. For sure. So it works out really well. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And um, uh, so you're able to kind of network and then that's, is that how you find the other artists to feature? Is this kind of like a go through band camps to see what the vibe is type of situation? You, you, you you got it. Now, <laughs> now it's, it's all connected in one giant, giant blanket on thread. We used to just call it the network. And then we were just like, but what if we just, you know, maybe a little more formal, just formal enough to get ourselves above board, you know, sort yeah. of gets a little access to the mainstream and see what we do. But yeah, it's, it's, it's all about just connecting artists together. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Yeah, that's that's really great. Um, you you, uh, you also like to shout out other art. I, I know some bands from Chicago out there. That that's really cool. That this has that kind of pull from being a, a North Carolina focused thing. The are is there? Uh, do you see any differences between like the different regional scenes of of DIY or, or very alternative music? I guess. Oh, absolutely. And uh, my friend calls it sub underground. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's um, a good name. Well, obviously, like L.A. and New York, they just have everything in the world there. Mm -hmm. uh, but what really comes to me, what really comes really interesting is in these kind of like bigger, small cities like Fargo, North Dakota <laughs> or Kansas City or like Minneapolis. Like it, it, you get this kind of uh, mindset with people that are there that they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be picked up. On on the, on the highway, or you know, not to be picked up at the local venue like you would if you were in like L.A. or New York. Yeah. So they get this kind of, they start to get listless, I think, and they start to just be like, well, I don't, I'm never going to be famous, so I'm just going to do really strange things. And so that's that's what I like to get. That's what I like to mine as much as possible. But you mentioned Chicago. Chicago's got an amazing experimental music scene um, that goes back a long time, of course, well before my era. But uh, yeah, I find a lot of the the great. Um, all, um, experimental and sub underground bands that I I like are from Pittsburgh. They're from Chicago. Uh, of course, Austin is famous for this sort of thing. Phoenix. There's a lot of like, like a lot of what I did is I just spent like a year of my life getting onto every single DIY city page on Facebook. Like I just kept like trying to be on all of them, inviting people to be on all of them, and asking to be people's friends, getting denied, trying again. But as much as you know, I got the time, so. That's what I've done, and 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 also in and as far as we're talking about um, regions where we've operated, we technically have uh, reviewed people from Greece, from oh. uh, Latvia, uh, lots of people from the UK, Canada, uh, Brazil is a big one that keeps sending us things, um, Korea. So like, it, there's believe it or not, this this is touched worldwide. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> that. That's so great! I had no idea this was a this was a global endeavor. That's so cool, um, and 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 I'm sure that the the differences between regions get exponential when when you go like uh, abroad and and you have like different kind of, like literally global sounds kind of. Did uh, those like creep into even like the harsh noise projects of of Greece or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Like people from Athens, multiple. In fact, yeah, harsh noise. I had a guy from Athens buy a copy, which cost me like. Eleven dollars to send him, but it, I was like, you know, that's fine with me because I just think it's cool that I could say I did that. Yeah, so. <laughs> that, that's a priceless story right there for sure. Um, yeah, that's that's really cool. You're focusing on like breaking out of specifically like the the production of it. Um, how, uh, how do you think that ties into like the actual structure of the music? Like, it's not just about the uh, creation of of uh, music in a very DIY way, but also the the music itself is often. Uh, kind of outside of the the standard ways of of song construction. 
Well, you know what? I think I think in addition to the fact that it just encourages like, experimentalism is not exactly the right word, but it encourages a kind of reaching for something that you, they haven't heard, and they mm-hmm. don't. The people that are doing it don't necessarily even know what it is. But it's yeah. like they're they're like, well, I, I just want to do something else because I've heard all this stuff. But then also, I think that there's a huge growth in like a person with a phone or, or a person with a laptop making. So like so much of the music is based on like software synthesizers and stuff like that, which is kind of like a natural, almost a natural outgrowth of the material that's avail- available to people mm-hmm. on an easy way. So like you end up with a lot of like one person acts that's just like some some person in a basement in Pittsburgh just <laughs> doing goth note with what and just puddling on their phone, but they end up making this crazy sounding really cool album, yeah. and then uh, they somehow through you know friends of friends end up filtering it to us, and then we know them, so that's cool. Oh, yeah, those are those are great connections to make. Um, and and these would often be like. Uh, uh, how would you describe kind of like a few a few minutes of of kind of just uh, uh, some kind of noise that happens to be created maybe improvisationally or something like that? Like what would be like the uh, obviously it's very hard to categorize everything from sub underground. But what are some like standout things to kind of uh, have some concrete examples, if you will? Well, you've got different streams that 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 are kind of feeding everyone, and um, and insofar as like you know the thing is the more isolated someone is. As, okay, assuming that they're devoted to their craft, the more isolated that they are, the more weird it's going to get, mm-hmm. but also the less likely it is to get to you. So it's like – so there's like a, 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 a spectrum of like pop with a little bit of strangeness, which is much more likely to get around so that we could yeah. actually hear it, all the way to the far extreme of um, you know someone just making buzz noises in their in, in their just – you know, using some kind of jerry rig. You have people that are like amateur electrical engineers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're making these like little pedals that they just uh, turn knobs on and and they just kind of do it in the moment. And but then you also the other thing is is this other um, m- metric, which is like the people who are completely naive compared to the people who like know everything about music there is to know. Yeah. And you get both of those people as well because the, because the people that know nothing are going to sound new. But also, if you know enough to not play what's already been played, then you'll sound really new too. So it's 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 those are kind of the two metrics I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool intersect. Um, so so the, uh, you mentioned a lot of like remote collaboration and kind of talking over things like Bandcamp. Um, what would you say is it's kind of the importance of like a, a physical show? Like for example, uh, this uh, festival this weekend, or, or like a, a random venue in let's say Pittsburgh where the um the harsh noise acts can play. Uh, how does that like kind of foment and, and grow the sub underground scene? To me, I think this could just this is just my opinion now, but I think it's incredibly important to play something out to people i kind of have like the uh, mentality that if you make a noise and no one else hears it have you made music like it's i I don't and that could just be me being a gatekeeper i don't know but this is just my natural intuition and inclination towards things um and more importantly what it gets you with is with other people who care about the same things that you care about and that like the same things that you like and uh, i think that's you know it seems to be carry over no matter what culture people are in they do like to be with other people who care about the same things and like the same things they like i think so you know take that with a grain of salt (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And, and, and I guess you can kind of see, like, if there's, like, one staple venue, you kind of see, like, a specific sound or scene kind of grow around that venue. You have, like, regulars coming there, and, and that can kind of almost influence, maybe not a whole city, but, like, at least that uh, neighborhood or something like that. Oh, that's that's absolutely true, too. Um, again, like, like like I said, like, Fargo had this with Black Ring Rituals and the Seagrave Studios up there, and there's different, I don't want to, you know, just say a bunch of yeah. stuff like that, but, but like, yeah, there's, there's, you can evolve a community out of, a specific venue you could evolve a community around a specific label you could evolve a community about a certain sound or mm-hmm. even a tradition of having a certain sound like new orleans still has like certain kinds of jazz that they've been playing for the last 80 years or whatever you mm-hmm. know and, and but at the same basis the kind of the idea of of american babylon is to try to sew as many of those threads together as we possibly can which is why we prefer to say diy and outsider as opposed to you know prescriptive labels about what what we can do because it does there is a range of bands that will be performing it won't just be one sound at all yeah for sure um so yeah that's that that's amazing that that's kind of been able to to build up and and also diversify like that um and and all that's kind of connected into one at least vaguely through the um cfn council i might say cfr CFR. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, so, how exactly were you able to sort of come into a position where you could interact with all these? Like, how did how did uh, what was kind of the, the the roots of working into this sort of um, DIY label era? Uh, how does one kind of get into that? Well, it, I mean, I started where I think it starts with most people, which is I started making my own music when I was young, and um, the world changed around me. And that, you know, the internet grew up. I mean, I was like in middle school when I got the internet mm-hmm. and the the whole scaffolding of the infrastructure of the world kind of popped it in this direction where you could kind of have direct contact with everybody. And then I, uh, I said, well, how am I going to promote, how am I going to do this? Cause I wanted, I knew I wanted to play music and I knew I wanted to play shows. And eventually I realized, well, if I want to play shows, I'm going to have to put on shows. And then I realized just, you know, simple reciprocity is if I want to be on someone else's ticket, then I have to put them on my ticket. And then it just like it just came out of an evolution of doing whatever I like already and just trying to grow and then help as many other people as I can. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Uh, did you did you find any like similar kind of infrastructure to, to what you were seeing or was this kind of uh, uh, at least in your area sort of, sort of a pioneering uh, project? I would say that the um, the the what is the word? I'm sorry. The, the kind of penetration of it is mm-hmm. is kind of pioneering. Like doing it a, a, amongst tying all the different things together is pioneering. But the but people like I, we were saying before, people collect themselves naturally around certain things, certain scenes, certain buildings, certain bands, certain genres. You know, even certain ways of you know, thinking, because we are also very LGBTQ plus friendly mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. Um, and and I, and we just a while ago, me, it was originally me and someone named Echo Rose and someone named Gray. And the three of us were like, what do we want to do? How are we going to make this actually work and grow? And then, then the big question was, how do we pay the artists? Because that's a really big thing that yeah. doesn't happen because there's just not a lot of money in it. So, like, how can we get people actually a little bit of money for the music that they make and the art that they make? And then the idea of doing a nonprofit came into play and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's that that's really interesting, and especially the 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 nonprofit angle, be able to turn that around and like actually get some money in that because you kind of think of like the the sort of starving artist um, uh, stereotype, and that's and actually having some money in that is is a really great way to to promote this kind of sound. Um, yeah, you mentioned that, that this is, for example, very queer friendly. That there are various uh, subcultures that could kind of really connect to this music. Is like the area, um, maybe North Carolina, or just the general area. Ha- have those kind of subcultures that were conducive to it or, or was like the culture of North Carolina kind of able to work into this sort of DIY aesthetic? Sure. Especially, especially by, by sewing them together, by threading them together, because mm-hmm. like there's, there's too many of them to name, but there's, you know, there's a pug, a punk subculture. There's a folk punk sub subculture. There's like an EDM subculture. There's a noise subculture there's an experimental subculture and then there's like a then there's just a lot of people who are just in their house doing things <laughs> and aren't really they don't know where to start i guess um yeah. i i do think that that this that the internet has allowed for things like this to evolve more successfully than they ever would have if the internet didn't exist because some of these things can are a little esoteric yeah. and um but it turns out that there are lots of people around interested in it. It's just we wouldn't have known that without the internet. For sure, yeah, that's that that that's a really great way to to make that connection because, like, as you mentioned, the, the the cities like L.A., New York, kind of just you 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 can't walk five feet without bumping into a, a noise pop band. But like over here, it maybe takes a bit more of a a, a threading together and and a combining of those subcultures, uh, like you mentioned. Exactly, exactly, and and I it just beats me up. I think about like, like maybe 30 or 40 years ago, there might've been someone just sitting in their house. Like now, and they never got heard by anybody besides themselves and maybe their family that was annoyed by them. And then, (laughs) and like, but they didn't know that like maybe next city over, there was like five people and then the city, you know, two or two cities over from that, maybe there was 10 people, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a brick by brick thing, you know, but it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, this is a great time to to be alive and be in music for sure. Um, again, speaking of being alive and being music, there is live music coming this weekend. Of course, being uh, American Babylon <laughs> Six. Um, if there was one like one single artist that you were like, "Hey, y'all, that uh, come out of here," and and I think that may, maybe specifically the listeners of say an alternative college station would really enjoy, uh, what would what would that be? That would be Embraza. Okay. Uh, Embraza is a noise pop artist uh, out of Los Angeles. Actually, uh, they're they're a trio, mm-hmm. and they'll be playing on Saturday the third at nine. And they're really good, and they're on the more accessible end of this kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I got you. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to get people in there, and then also uh, maybe be able to see the the other acts beforehand and kind of build up through it through that way um which is always a great it's a great way i'm wondering uh, uh do you like that kind of kind of festival style of like yeah you have the the early acts the, the kind of opening ones and then you kind of draw it towards and maybe build around the more like quote-unquote accessible one which i guess uh, uh in the sub underground scene is, is is all relative but still well i mean it's you know i think that that structure is in people's mind whether you want it to be there or not that's just what you know, people expect there to be an opener and a headliner and so i would say that we work with the structure that's that's already in their head you know mm-hmm. uh we don't i've i'm in all honesty like we, we 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 test how much we can be subversive um 
But when it comes to that, you know, putting the names up top that most people are going to want to hear is probably the smart thing to do. So yeah. That's what we do. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, great. Is, is there anything else you want to specifically mention about uh, the festival while, while we're here? Yeah, it's, again, it's American Babylon 6. It's September 2nd through 5th this weekend, Labor Day weekend at Panther Lake in Raleigh. Uh, $20 for a one-day pass, $40 for a four-day pass, which will get you free camping as well. Mm-hmm. There'll be some snacks and stuff if you need them. Uh, we're CFR Council. We're a cooperative. We're just doing our best to try to get artists, you know, a little bit of scratch and just get them to have fun and network with one another. And if that's something you're interested in, by all means, please, uh, please come and please be generous. And am I allowed to say my cash app? Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. And it's just cash app money sign American Babylon. And anything that's a note of artist fund will go straight. 100% of the artists won't even be touched by the rest of us. Nice. Yeah, that, that that's a great philosophy. Are, are there any like other ways to like find y'all on, on social media or anything or, or like a website? Yeah, there's an official event page on Facebook, American Babylon 6. Uh, Commodity Fetish Records and Issues Magazine are also available on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, bitter underscore ink underscore official. Um, other than that, oh, yeah, of course, commodityfetishrecords.com. Mm-hmm. Um other than that, you know, this is just about um, artists and working people who are artists. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And uh, uh, what would be some good ways to, like, for example, preview the artist beforehand? Or, uh, uh, where would you, like, go for to, like, look at the individual artists and kind of see who okay. you want to go for? If you if you have a Facebook, go to the official event page, which is just American Babylon mm-hmm. 6, the number 6. And all the artists are listed right there. And uh, we're, we, we have already some uploaded their band caps and such and we're going to continue to do that throughout the week as well nice so, so just like kind of check band camp to see see what the vibe is there yeah exactly and, and i believe all the artists that are on the flyer which is available on the event page are have multiple social media mm-hmm. things you know nice um out of curiosity does cfr have any uh, upcoming releases of their own is there anything kind of uh, maybe looking a little bit beyond uh this weekend uh, well, actually, like I said, um, Bitter Ink Leviathan is coming out on the 3rd, mm-hmm. and uh, that will be at the actual Fest American Babylon 6. Uh, we don't have anything prospectively at the moment because we're pretty occupied with this. We'll probably <laughs> sure. start looking again after this after this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, well, yeah, uh, if there's anything you want to talk about, uh, that's all good. Otherwise, this is this has been a great interview and a really cool like uh, insight into a scene I'm, I'm honestly not too familiar with myself. Yeah, well, I thank you so much for the opportunity and for uh, being so cordial. And, uh, you know, show up if you want. <laughs> of course, yeah. I, I, I'd love to be there. I, I haven't gone camping in, in far too long. That would be a great way to, go, to, to get back into it. All right. Thank you. Yep. See ya.